1: Well, hello, and welcome to the Tango Alpha Lima Experience. I'm Jeff Daly of the Michigan Dailies, although I'm hanging out in sunny Southern California. And my co-host, Ashley Marie Gorbulja Maldonado, is not hanging out in the sun because she is on the East Coast. (laughs) How is uh, the weather out there?
0: Uh, The weather is nice. It's been a little rainy, but everything has cleared up, so I am am content. I will be excited for pool weather so all right
1: um, we 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 would love some of that rainy here so if you want to send it across the land that would be great um i think we've had enough about us let's go let's get into this uh you have a topic number one what is that
0: topic number one 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 all right so 102 families uh, are alleging harm from the tainted water at Pearl Harbor Hickam, uh, and are filing legal claims against the Navy. So more than 100 families have filed claims against the government for illnesses and out-of-pocket expenses they say are related to the drinking water—or I'm sorry—the drinking fuel-tainted water in the homes at Pearl Harbor in Hawaii. A November fuel spill forced thousands from their home at Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam. And other military housing neighborhoods near Honolulu, the attorneys announced Friday that 102 families are looking for compensation for health conditions and financial harm caused by the spills at the U.S. Navy's Red Hill fuel storage facility. So, yeah, you know, this just comes back to you know, tainted water, like almost you know, overlapping with like airport illnesses. There's Camp Lejeune water. There's there's so many different things here to unpack. Um, but more importantly. The families, right? We never really know the consequences of some of these, you know, these incidences until they've, you know, affected the health and the well-being of our military families. And um, I mean, I I hope it works out. I hope it works out. It's a long process. It's tough to sue the government. It's the government.
1: Yep. It's tough to sue the government. Uh, and, And I will say that, I mean, it's drinking water. They have this problem uh, with drinking water at Camp Lejeune for years that people are just now uh, being able to be compensated for it. Um, and, and drinking fuel-tainted water, uh, that's, that's not the energy drink we want. And so I think the, the government, they shouldn't have to sue. I think the Navy should voluntarily uh, take care of these people on that.
0: Yeah. I'm sure think? it's just like someone somewhere, there's a certain policy or paragraph in line that says what they can and cannot do. And I'm a big believer that like, if you're going to, if you're going to follow the, if you're going to follow all the rule books and you're going to use whatever excuse that's currently in your directive to not take care of people, you better go back to the drawing board and start reworking that up to, to change it so that it reflects like you know you know just issues in the immediate and long term because this stuff happens i mean history repeats itself and obviously lessons aren't being learned And i know that this really kind of wraps up in everything that's going on with uh, toxic exposures and um, the pact act which um, i don't know if you want to continue to talk about a little bit more jeff if you well
1: I was just i was just uh you're actually going right where it's going to go so this this is related. It's not a direct correlation, but uh, the fact that the the our, our military puts people in in geographic spaces that are then tainted by the same uh, military and government, and we have a responsibility, or as we're calling it, a pact, to uh, take care of them. And in, in this case, because the the Pact Act. It does specifically say for those who served um and which uh, that language uh, might need to be cleaned up because these families are also there um at the directive of the military so it's it should be served and and or dependents um but but here the pact act is a great thing and we are we really behind it uh the National commanders asking us to to do action. I know uh, there's some there's some people out there have been putting out links so that you can contact your representatives. Um, I w- and they were they really want to vote by Memorial Day, so mm-hmm. that's that's coming up really quick. I mean i I hope we can I hope we can uh, mobilize our forces and get that done. Have you right. Because
0: um, as soon as if, if we can if you know if we can do our part from a civic perspective, continue to push as a vet, as the largest veteran organization alongside you know our other uh, VSOs, MSOs. I think there's a lot of power in numbers, and this is incredibly important. I mean, we're asking the Senate to pass legislation that provides you know needed assistance for veterans you know inflicted with illnesses associated with you know exposure to burn pits and other toxins related to military service. It's just, like I said, history repeats itself. i like, why are we still having the same conversation? Because if we can, if we can get Congress to make that change, you know, what else changes the way the VA operates, right? Because a lot of people oftentimes, they get really mad at the VA, you know, for whatever XY, XYZ reason, but we like the VA can only do what Congress allows them to do, right? It's, it's your left and right limit. So by passing this, allows the VA to do more for veterans, in part by our continued advocacy, and uh, and uh, alongside with other, you know, of course, yeah, VSOs and MSOS.
1: The VA can Support. do what the VA can do. Uh, we need to. It's uh, it's on us to affect policymakers, um, and we have some people doing that. I mean, uh, my friend Liz Hartman in North Carolina, she's. She's been on her friends and and networks to really uh, reach out to policymakers, and uh, that that's how I really got engaged on this subject, other than uh, just reading about it. So I mean, there are people out there really pushing, and I I want uh, I I would love for everyone to make their voice heard. If this is something that's important to you, uh, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to universally say that everyone agrees with it, but if it is something that's important to you, reach out and try to uh, positively affect change. And uh, that doesn't mean posting memes on Facebook unless that underneath that meme, you have a link to where people can, um, where they can contact their their are legislators so i mean i think that's it oh the legislative action center is that gonna be in the show notes oh super producer holly ladies and gentlemen has come up with a way so that you can be productive and not just angry we have the legislative action center and she's going to post the link in the show notes it'll probably be in the email hopefully that uh goes out with the episode and you too can participate in bettering the lives of your fellow veterans wow super producer holly not everyone wears a cape and hers better be short because she is she'll be tripping on it if we get her too big of a cape but uh (laughs) we'll be looking for one we'll be looking for one okay so i mean we have talked about things that are toxic but you know today we have someone who's not at all toxic uh we have we're going to be joined by amy Forsyth. uh that name is just screams goodness and she's an award-winning multimedia journalist and military combat veteran with more than 28 years of experience in storytelling communications and media content creation amy deployed to iraq and afghanistan as a u.s marine corps Combat Correspondent, and now continues to serve as Public Affairs Officer in the United States Reserve. Her imagery and articles have been published on Fox News, CNN, NBC, ABC, Newsweek Magazine, Soldier Fortune Magazines, and many other news outlets. She recently released the book Heroes Live Here as a tribute to those Marines stationed at Camp Pendleton who served and sacrificed in wars since 9-11. Ashley, I know you're gonna be excited. Talk to her. And we're gonna hear you do just that after the break. Howdy folks, y'all come on out, get out of those recliners and join
0: us for the 2022 100 Miles for Hope Challenge.
2: The third American Legion Fitness Challenge will raise money again for veterans and military families in need. We've made big improvements to the 2022 Challenge. monthly mini challenges with awesome prizes. Hey, department adjutants, department commanders, let's get some department versus department challenges and get it going, let's go. This year we've made it even easier to track your miles.
0: We've made it even easier for friends and family to support you through donations to the Veterans and Children Foundation.
1: My goal this year is to raise
2: $450,000 for the Veterans and Children Foundation, but we need your help. support veterans and military families visit legion.org backslash hundred miles to register and learn more let's show the nation that we are veterans Veterans
0: strengthening Strengthening america
1: as advertised we are here with amy forsyth um, I don't have to tell you that I'm super excited to have a fellow Marine on here. Uh, so welcome to the show and Simper Fidelis.
2: Hi, thank you so much for joining uh, me today. And I'm, I'm with you guys. And this is great. I, I love uh, chatting and we have got a couple of great topics to talk about.
1: We really do. And we can't forget to talk about your book at the end. So when you have that moment, because she doesn't just speak. <laughs> she writes. You can have her with you at all times. All right, we are going to start out because uh, we're going to talk about a little bit your uh, military and civilian career because they intertwine, right? Um, you being a, a, a journalist of of all flavors. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your work as a public affairs officer and what you do, what you do every day.
2: Well, thanks. Um, I started my career as a military journalist. And so I had such awesome training entry to the Marine Corps. I was a combat correspondent. So I was a photographer and a writer. Uh, I also dabbled in video production, radio, announcing um, my one duty station in Guantanamo Bay. But then I transferred out of active duty and stayed in the reserves. But I went on to get my education. And I currently work as a public affairs officer for the Marine Corps, a civilian at Camp Pendleton. But I also worked in TV as a reporter for many years and a journalist on the civilian side but really followed my heart back to working for the Department of Defense as a civilian. And so I kind of bundled up all of my skills and can now, um, you know, work as a a federal employee and really give all that I've taken really, I've I've been given so much, so many skills, and now I get to do that on a daily basis. So um, just sort of rolled it all up into a big bundle. And I work here at Camp Pendleton, which is located in North San Diego County. But we were chatting before, and I told you I'd lived on Guam for f- almost five years and working for the Department of Defense, Defense Media Activity, where I was traveling all over the Indo-Pacific theater, covering large-scale exercises, uh, print writing, video production, and just being able to tell the stories of our military members. It's just been phenomenal roller coaster ride for the past uh, several years, um, that I've been doing this. So thank you.
1: So when you started, uh, in the the military, how did they, how did they get you all of these skills? I mean, some people do careers of just doing one of those things. Like I'm a writer, boom, that's it. That's what they do. Uh, a video producer, boom, that's what they do. Um,
2: yeah well so i the dod was actually ahead of its time when it talked about media convergence so as an entry into the marine corps i attended the defense information school located at fort Meade, maryland where i got to learn all the writing skills of photography videography broadcast announcing skills and also how to do community relations events, how to work with the media, how to prepare senior officers or military members to do on-camera interviews. So we really had an intensive training and all it lasted about seven or eight months. And so I was really lucky to get all of these skills that have really lasted a career. And so now with media convergence, most reporters out there in the civilian industry really need to know how to write, uh, take photos, write video, do on camera announcing. And so um, I learned all of that. And so I'm just what they call a one man band. I can, I shoot and I write. And so it's just really the best of both worlds to be able to um, pull it all together and decide how to cover a story, what's the best treatment for a particular story we're talking about, our service members, how to really share their courage and what it takes to wear uniform every day. And that's just something that is just above all other things. I've worked in the civilian industry as well, media, but really everyday storytelling of our service members is really my passion and being able to just um, look for opportunities to tell our military stories. It's been great.
1: And it's great. It looks like it's taking you everywhere. I mean, (laughs) you were talking about the flight the the time on the flight from uh from Guam back to here being like 17 hours or something like that but you have quite a list I'm not going to read them all uh but is there a story from one of these places that you know is one of your go-tos at cocktail parties because I know people ask you they have to ask you this is like an interesting job
2: Well, you know what I love about being in the Navy reserves now as a public affairs officer is that I can kind of cherry pick assignments. so there's no shortage of opportunities really that anytime there's a humanitarian crisis or an emergent um, issue that comes up they put a call out for public affairs officers so. Besides being mobilized and serving in Iraq and Afghanistan, I I served five total combat tours. But in 2019, I had the opportunity to be the public affairs officer in Romania and Poland, where the Navy has surprisingly, it's totally landlocked uh, bases, but the Navy has um, bases there in Romania and Poland. So I bounced between the two bases for 2019 talking about our ballistic missile defense systems that are positioned in Europe, and Eastern Europe. And so getting to experience that as a public affairs officer and working with Missile Defense Agency and our NATO partners, our host nation, uh, really was an amazing opportunity. So um, that's one great reason of staying in the reserves, but has offered the opportunity for travel and to be kind of a road warrior, as they call it. So I was just really blown away by Poland, especially, I didn't really know much about it and it was short fuse, So I didn't really have a lot of time to do the research of like what to expect. But when I got to Poland, it was just an amazing um, eye-opening experience about um, Eastern Europe and how far they've come obviously since World War II. And so now in today's news, when we see that Poland borders Um, Ukraine, and we've got all these refugees, and we now we have an influx and a surge of troops going to Poland, they're getting to experience the beauty of Poland and um, really that culture that we often Americans don't get to see because it's not on the beaten path of when you go to Europe, you don't think going to Poland. And so getting that opportunity to be in Poland and that knowing that we have America has troops there and staging bases, just in case something like this happens. So um proud to say that I was experienced uh, Poland firsthand because it's an amazing place to visit.
1: Outstanding, Ash?
0: Take, taking it all in, like <laughs> vicariously living through you right now. Like this is whew, fantastic as a, a adjacent uh, public affairs officer and a federal employee, <laughs> very different experiences. But I will say this, you know, having that, that, that combat correspondence and then the uh, PAO and having the Fort Meade experience where you go to Dymfos to all the things you've been working on. It's just, it's really awe inspiring. And I think you've had an amazing career and it's just like the best is yet to come. It always feels like for anyone who's in the you know public affairs space, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. It's exciting. And yeah. Ooh. Just my mm-hmm. random my random thoughts. Um, <laughs> my random thoughts. So, you know, you've you've traveled all these unique places. Um, I'm curious, yeah, you know, I know that you recently um released a book, right? So you released Heroes Live Here. And I know that it's, you know, a tribute to honor those Marines stationed at Camp Pendleton and um those that have since, you know, been sacrificed, uh, sacrificed themselves in the wars of nine eleven. So I'm curious to see a little bit more of the inspiration, you know, behind the book, or if you have some sort of story that you'd like to share that it's kind of your aha moment as, as, as a writer to put it, you know, pen to paper. Well,
2: thank you, Ashley. Yes. Um, actually funny you should ask is because when I came back to Camp Pendleton and my commute every day was about 45 minutes and I go through base to get to my office and having been stationed here for many years while I was on active duty and returned, um, I noticed that the memorials and markers and tributes have gone up all over base in the 20 years of the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. And the when I would drive past this, I, I took some pictures and I thought maybe I could share them with gold star families because they don't have access to the base. And so being able to share those with those that were uh, a tribute to the Marines and sailors that were killed that were based at Camp Pendleton, I was like, you know, maybe I should put this together so that more people can really understand um, the significance of Camp Pendleton. So I put it all together in this book called Heroes Live Here and just a beautifully put together book. I had a graphic designer put together some image, um, some graphic images, even something called the Wall of Honor. You can see there and basically paying tribute to the Marines that stepped off from Camp Pendleton and went to Iraq and Afghanistan and never came home. And it was um, kind of personal because when I came back from my 2006 deployment, we lost one of our own Megan McClung, Major Megan McClung. And when we got home, we etched out a rock with her name on it and put it up on the top of this hill where we used to run all the time. And we called it McClung Ridge. And so even though we weren't supposed to do that, because you're not supposed to have unsanctioned tributes on base because everybody would be doing it. But noticing that there were so many of these tributes around the base for people to remember fallen Marines. And in my research in the book, I learned that More service members that were based at Camp Pendleton or that any one station uh, were killed during Iraq and Afghanistan from anywhere in the the country. So this surrounding community has been so supportive of those that we've lost. And so um, over a 1,000 just from Camp Pendleton alone through the 20-year period. And so that's a whole generation of new Marines that are coming up behind... That don't necessarily know exactly the sacrifices that were made during those years after 9 And so some of the first troops that were killed in Afghanistan and Iraq were, were based at Camp Pendleton. So that legacy is strong here in that commitment because Camp Pendleton Marines are geographically aligned to the Middle East. And so that's why a bulk of them had just done rotation after rotation after rotation. So the base is filled with so many wonderful tributes. And so I couldn't capture them all, but I've got a good handful of them in this book. And so for any Marine station here at Camp Pendleton through the years, um, it'd be a nice uh, memento and a nice tribute to look through and really just open open the door for those Marines coming up behind to learn kind of like that period in our, in our history of what that sacrifice really looked like. As you all know that the, the constant steady drumbeat of deployment of a constant steady state of combat operations for 20 years just took a toll on our, on our country, but even the families and the community here in Oceanside and Carlsbad, Fallbrook, San Clemente, Dana Point, So there's some strong supporters out there in the community. And this is just a really a a love letter to them.
0: I love that. I think that's, that's, that's really impactful. It makes us think of a a gentleman that we, we interviewed in past episodes, who's the CEO for global war on terrorism foundation and how he described very vividly um, him and his, his wife's journey early two thousands and now watching his son deploy. Right. So and then having a grandfather and then uncles who served in world war II just in vietnam and right so like having all of these sequential generations of family who have gone to war but to be in the same you know time gap to to watch your son of you know young age like it makes it makes you think right it makes you think so i'm really happy that you've put together this book that is going to continue to honor and remember those who have since passed for to you know, preserve our, our freedoms, and it's uh it's very important. And I appreciate you.
2: Oh, thank you. And so, so Kent, that's she's so never like that nice with me. Thing. I know it's um <laughs> you know uh, I learned a lot in the publishing uh, process. So um, it's something I hadn't done before, and never thought in a million years I would put together a book. But uh, with some good help and and learning um, a few hard lessons really just made it happen over the last 18 months. And so um, for anyone, you know, I love just opening doors and ideas for other people that sharing your story can be so inspirational and it might be someone else's survival guide. So, um, you know, a family out there who I've, who I've captured their Marine son or daughter in this book, you know, they can just take comfort in knowing that we remember them and we appreciate their their sacrifices. And so Camp Pendleton is kind of like a, it's like a time capsule because this year marks the 80th anniversary of Camp Pendleton where Marines, you know, took over the land or, you know, set up base camp and started preparing men for World War II and then Korea and Vietnam and Desert Storm, and now with Iraq and Afghanistan. So the base actually is filled with many markers and memorials through the ages. So um, for people who wanna visit, they can visit these um, treasured memorials. So it was just a a special place that I spent many years and now I'm back to tell that story and help translate um, what that means to everyone here.
1: I home based on the East Coast, as you know, because we spoke about that. But uh I wouldn't I wouldn't stop selling this as a target market to only uh Pendleton Marines because um I I I would like that book and the the, the alphas that didn't see that's what we call people who listen to the show. Uh the <laughs> alphas who didn't see you hold up that book, they don't know that it it actually it's it's actually quite beautiful and uh I hope we get a, a photo of it into uh, the email when we announce this episode because it's a really well put together book. And I would be interested in that because that is the life I wish I had in the military. Camp Pendleton, I, I was just there in February and I haven't been there since boot camp, Um, because I went to MCRD San Diego. And it's beautiful. It's gargantuan. And uh, there's just so many and like you said there's so many great stories through 80 years that's a lot of uh it's a lot of conflicts so i I, th- I think a lot of people would be interested in that book even who didn't serve at camp Pendleton. so kudos to you now i want to move on unless you have more about the book ashley
0: no no, oh, no. ashley's a stuff.
1: ashley's a big reader i am i'm a and, reader. and contrary Contrarily, I'm a Marine, so uh, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I do, I this is amazing. And I, again, we're saying this again, our former co-host would, would be over the moon about this next thing. You are, you're not just known as being an author and a journalist, you are known for spotting and calling out a person of stolen valor. And I'm not even going to set up the question. I just I just kind of want to hear the story of how this erupted.
2: Well, wow, yes. Um, you know, using social media as a means of entertainment and connecting the dots or connecting with other people um, is awesome. But... Being a journalist myself, I'm very skeptical about people and things. I always have to double check and fact check and cross-reference people's names, positions, stories. And so it's just natural for me to be skeptical about things. But um, on Instagram, this was a few months back, I was noticing a call out for donations for a young female Marine claiming to have cancer from an organization that I absolutely love, Hunter Seven Foundation, who's doing um, great work by advocating for service members who have uh, an illness, post-service deployment um, cancers or or other illnesses, and got to be friends with Chelsea, who's the foundation uh, director. And I noticed that she was the one advocating for donations on behalf of this female Marine and in pictures. And so when I saw that, I took a closer look at the pictures because I had never heard of this person before. And surely as a female staff sergeant, I was a staff sergeant and being in public affairs, we, I get to know a lot of people and get to know their backstories. But I was noticing the first thing that stuck out in my mind was her earrings were, were incorrect. She was wearing unauthorized earrings in her dress blue uniform that was a picture. And then I started looking a little bit closer that her ribbons were, uh, she was wearing a, a bronze star claiming to have been injured in combat. And then she also was wearing a bronze star with V for valor. And that really got my attention because as you know, that those are are just mm-hmm. not uh, given away. Th- those are, that's a big deal. And i had never heard of this person before so i instantly emailed her and i said i am suspect about this person um are you sure and she's like well it's on the news and she's been on tv and so on and so forth and so she sent me a screen grab of her dd 214 that she was claiming um va benefits for and i said this is fake this is copy and pasted and so we went back and forth. And even that night, I went on the female Marines Facebook group. And I asked if there was any female Marines who could verify her service through a system that we have. And sure enough, there was someone in Hawaii who was there daytime. She she was an admin with access. She went on and verified that this person, Sarah Kavanaugh, there was no service and that that didn't match. And so that got the the wheels turning for a closer look and more investigation into the matter. So um, as it turns out, this person was a complete fraud, stealing money from generous organizations designed to help our, our veterans. And she claimed to be a combat veteran, combat wounded veteran with cancer. And she was bilking service organizations out of tens of thousands of dollars. It was just unbelievable what she was doing.
1: Was there a, so what happened? Was there any consequence for her?
2: Well, as we're waiting, uh, authorities were alerted and law enforcement got involved the FBI is, did an investigation. They raided her home and she was arrested and she's being charged with four felony counts. And so she's awaiting um, trial right now. So we'll see, she's, I think uh, she's in Rhode Island but she was claiming to be a Marine Staff Sergeant parading around in uniform that she was Purple Heart recipient, had cancer. And so she was even hired by service organizations as a detachment commander, post commander, VFW, I believe. And so what we what we learn from this is that those service organizations really need to ask questions, verify information, fact check, cross-reference before start, we start giving people money. It, we trust all veterans, but we just need to do a better job of verifying their service connection or they are who they say they are. And so what we feel like sometimes they're so anxious to get younger generations involved is that they'll just welcome anyone who says I serve, but we really need to do that homework and make sure we're fact-checking because otherwise this person took advantage of very generous people who want to give money to those most deserving. And that's really a shame um, that she got so far along in the process and she worked really hard at lying and, and creating this persona that no one actually verified sh- who she was. And, and we need to get better at that.
1: Well to get to be uh, to be fair to the posts, <laughs> they don't have a you number 1 like there's only one you um and our 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 job at the post uh is to to check the dd214 now this person is a long Connor and had a very legit seeming uh dd214 so it i think at the at the i think that's a that's a security gap um and i i don't i don't know how to close it because I mean, I do membership at my post, and I'm a volunteer, right uh, I'm probably not gonna we we bring in over a hundred people every year. I'm probably not gonna be able be able I don't have the resources to do that. I don't have the know how to do that it, Are there any prescriptives you can think of like I wouldn't notice the earrings by the way i I don't know why Who but knows? um I, I, I would be interested to know how like how we could do how we could uh, improve this
2: Well, that's great question, because I think with a strong veteran network out there, everyone might notice something different or there's something that doesn't add up or, you know, and there isn't a lot of these cases. So it's very few and far between. But when they happen, it gets people's attention. So just being alert and um, really asking questions about their service and it takes a veteran to know a veteran. Right. So, um, you know, she worked on her stories and her demeanor and um, people seemingly trusted her because she seemed trustworthy. And so trying to get to a place where we can just do a fact check, a database or a cross-reference that exists, I think um, will, will be helpful. You know, she was wanting to be involved in some other veteran service organizations, and they trusted her and wanted to help her. Um, and so that's our nature is to want to help other veterans in need. And so it, it's hard to distrust someone who says that they served, and um, our nature is to want to want to help them. But I think that with some good sourcing and maybe a quick reference to other other databases just to to fact check would be would be amazing. Or ask other veterans, hey, do you know this person? Did you ever hear about this person? Uh, Bronze Star with V. I've worked with the media through the years and that would have definitely been a story that they wanted to tell, but I'd never heard of it before. So a quick Google search came up, nothing in the media. That would have be- definitely been covered in the past. And so, but it was just a hunch. And so I didn't wanna say anything until I verified because I didn't, I wouldn't want to be wrong about questioning someone's service without a fact check. Um, but you know, we have to trust our instincts sometimes. People's instincts are are spot on, and uh, before we say anything, though, it's just always good to, to fact check. So I don't want to be too critical or scrutinized too much. But I think that those are some ways to um, prevent others who want to jump into that fray of. Uh, Trying to trying to con people or or scam people in that stolen valor would say, we we will find you because we have a strong veteran network out there among us. We can definitely spot and smell a faker uh, a mile away.
1: And that's 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 good advice for just for the posts in general out there, uh, uh, because we have we have a great membership and the integrity of that membership is really important for its prolonged health of the general membership, right? You can't have too much of those, these toxic kind of people in there. And as you were saying that, you know, we have that want to help those veterans. We also have a strong desire to see them thrown under the jail if, uh, if they betray us. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm glad that, that I hope that this gets more coverage because I I don't want people doing this. Like clearly I don't want people doing this, but I don't want people doing this and I don't want people getting away with it. Uh, and and for the posts out there that barely check the DD214s, check them, look at them if something looks weird. Ask questions. Um, I mean, it's it's uh, it's it takes just a little bit of effort. And on top of that, and it's off topic, but do a quick Google search, find out if they're on Megan's list or uh, other such things, so that you can protect uh, children in the post and, and things like that. There are a lot of people who target veterans organizations and. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta stop them because it's, it's terrible. The integrity of our membership is really important, and I appreciate the work that y- y- you did on this. And, uh, and I'm glad that it's, it's getting some notoriety because it alerts us all to the very real danger. Um, so, yeah, thanks so much for doing that, and, and, and really thank you for the book. I'm, I'm going to get one. And I'm going to donate it to my post. Um, if you're selling them, I'm going to buy it from you and then have you sign it. And then I'm going to put it in my post library, uh, library. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I said that. Mm-hmm. I got an Ashley so much for saying library and I just did it. You're oh. welcome.
0: You're welcome.
1: <laughs> library. Um, words and- are
0: hard. Okay. I forgive you.
1: <laughs> so thank you for that. Do you, uh, Ashley have any final thoughts?
0: Yeah, I, in as far as, as stolen valor i i will just echo the the sentiment here like you know ask questions you know trust your gut i've i've encountered a few folks to that caliber in in my time while i was working in higher ed i'd have people come in and i'd ask them a few questions about their service and they really didn't know i was like how what no that doesn't line up or you know i've I've seen different things throughout my career and I've reviewed stories and I've seen things, I've seen things, everybody. And, um, I I think we're right to, you know, ask the questions, you know, trust, but verify, trust, but verify, Do, do, do a little fact check, you know,
1: I hope you see things with those the big old glasses you got on there.
0: I can um, see to the future with these glasses. Thank you, you very much. See, you can see through. <laughs> do you want me things. to tell you what's going to happen on your birthday? <laughs> right.
1: Which is May 21st, if anybody out there cares. Okay. So thank you so much for that. And, uh, and thank you for being on our show. And all of the work that you're doing and do, uh, they can see you basically everywhere on every news station possible like your work has probably been seen and mm-hmm. I, i'm I'm looking forward to what you're gonna do next because I have no idea that it could be anything here uh, that one that that dinfo's trained killer I've, I've heard people say <laughs> um, and it was funny because it's mostly said by an Air Force veteran I know. So uh, thanks again. And thank you for being on our show. Alpha's out there. We're going to be right back with you and uh, enjoy the break. Honoring those who came before us. The American Legion pays perpetual respect for all past military sacrifices
2: to ensure they are never forgotten by new generations.
0: We are veterans strengthened in America. We are the American Legion.
1: Wow, we are back, and I am just full of hope and for the future and goodness and faith in humanity because Amy Forsyth is a force. See what I did there? Force Scythe. She is a, a force of goodness, and um, I, I'm just, and she's a Marine. So I'm biased, but what was your takeaway?
0: So I think my main takeaway is that, you know, Amy is incredibly like, well-rounded, right? If When you're a multimedia journalist and you're a military combat vet that was, you know, that combat correspondent, there is just a level of badassery there that cannot be duplicated. <laughs> and she is an incredibly impressive woman. And, you know, she's very thoughtful, you know, even with her, you know, release of her book and remembering and honoring, you know, fellow Marines. and I am really impressed with her and I, I think she's going to continue to do amazing things. And she loves what she does. Right. I think that was pretty obvious. And I think if we're half as lucky as humans to like find our calling and then be in our calling and, and make a difference like she has, I think we'll be all be on the the straight and narrow. So those are my thoughts.
1: I love <laughs> your thoughts. Uh, so let's just Yay. thank Amy Forsyth for uh, not just being on the show, but being so active in the greater global community because she's doing great great work and sometimes those people don't know it because they're living it so thank you amy forsyth and now oh Mm. it's our favorite time of the day
0: nap (laughs) time all
1: right you ready this is these are all for you
0: for me yeah for me oh,
1: boy. okay a minute we're gonna start that this is rapid fire number one paris island marine band is up for oh, i should have let Jarek put in the drums he'll probably drown me out uh they're up for an emmy here's how south carolina nurse inspired the piece an original, compensation, uh, compensation. an original composition performed by the Paris Island Marine Band, inspired by its musical director's wife and her work as a nurse during the COVID-19 pandemic, has been nominated for an Emmy. You Were There salutes the first responders who continued to work at the height of the pandemic, from doctors and nurses to grocery store workers to garbage collectors. They were there when we all needed them, said Mark Pellon. I've... P. E. L. L. O. N. A chief warrant officer three at Marine Corps Recruit Depot, Paris Island, and music director of the band. And because of the Marines, because of that, the Marines will be there when they need us. And that was kind of the premise for the entire message. This isn't this isn't the president's own the Marine Corps band. This is the Paris Island. Marine Corps Band. It's not even their full-time job, I don't think. But they hmm. they came together and they put this together, and they're gonna they're gonna be nominated for an Emmy.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I'm seeing that's your cool. face. That's cool. that's cool. That's cool. See, I know like Jeff gets really excited. Like you get excited about this stuff because you're just like awards and like production and music and videography. I'm just here like, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Is it? I, it is. I, it's incredibly impressive i don't I mean, really understand i mean all the award stuff but like this is a big deal and i'm super happy for them and it takes a lot of hard work and i'm glad it came from like a, a place of really like heart-wrenched and heartfelt meaning
1: and you would you would be you would be smiling from where are you at virginia dc from dc to wisconsin if you heard this i'm just uh so i hope that you do sometime today Give it a listen, and you will be filled with the spirit of the EcoGlobe and Anchor that went into making this song. I'm just saying. All right. It's time now for rapid fire. Pew, pew. That's two. All right. The vital computer system has gone down more than 50 times since launching in Washington, the VA confirms. You're going to have thoughts on this, I'm sure. Uh an elect no <laughs> an electronic health record system piloted at Spokane's VA Hospital and other sites in the inland northwest has been partly or completely unusable at least 50 times since its launch in 2020. The Department of Federal or the Department of Veterans Affairs confirmed. I don't even need to read anymore. What do you think of that?
0: No comment. <laughs>
1: is that job security no comment again all right i will say this i would i was initially i'd be like super shocked but then i remembered when i was in the va hospital and the mri was unavailable and broken for eight days so downtime is something they're used to managing they hope they get this fixed can you hope
0: they get it fixed too
1: wow
0: They need to get it fixed. They need to figure it out. They need (laughs) to select specific people for project managers. They need to take a real big look, real wide lens on everyone who has their hands on this project. And it's time to, it's it's time to, you know. I have
1: never seen you be more careful.
0: Cut the fat and trim it up and get the right people on some of this stuff not to say they're not there's a lot of bureaucratic obstacles but uh priorities people let's make it happen
1: you were very careful with your words more so than even when you said sugar snaps um last episode okay here's this is my favorite this one is my favorite this may be the most air force of all air force stories and holly reminded me that we had a story about their recruits having ipads and bean bags during Basic training but this may be the most air force of all the air force stories and to all you pjs and those combat air traffic or air traffic controllers who do real badassery stuff when you tell people you're in the air force this is what they think and i know i know better but this is what they think all right rapid fire number pew 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 that's three not all superheroes wear capes But many have superpowers. In Staff Sergeant Ryan Jett's case, his superpower is using automation like a laser beam to slice through dozens of hours of busy work for himself and his colleagues. So the the title of this article was, Airman says to tedious repetitive tasks for comrades stuck in paperwork hell. He slays them slays the paperwork hell what i what do you think huh
0: i'm all about it if there is one thing that i took away from my time in service is that not only was i military police but i was also like an admin professional and a lot of people don't realize that when you're in military police positions you have to do a lot of paperwork and that was one of the things that many soldiers when we would have to like go back and train on They just didn't know how to do the paperwork. And then, you know, you'd have your, you'd have your S1s trying to square you away with all of your other administrative paperwork. Make sure you get your benefits, make sure you get paid, uh, make sure your promotion packet, everything. And then the thing is too, like even the army, there's just these multiple systems and some of them don't talk to each other. And, you know, for the best example I can give, uh, Robert, my husband, loves to come home and tell me what kind of new training he has to take to learn a new system that may or may not talk to the system he needs or may not have clearance to operate, which directly affects like a whole ripple effect of stuff. So I'm always excited when people are able to streamline and work smarter, not harder, so we can get to the important stuff like training, right? Like the admin stuff is equally as it's important. It has its place, but If we have to spend all of our time like just navigating stuff that could be produced from a usability standpoint, we should. And uh, and this is my personal opinion. I think we need to stop doing these contractors like like they'll get these contracts out there and it's like the lowest bidder kind of stuff. Like some of these programs are just crap just from pure experience and having to work with them and knowing plenty of, you know, running as NCOs and training NCOs and, it's at least from the guard side that would just Ash. be consumed all, all work day Ash. all week. And then the drill. Anyway.
1: I have to all I have to say to that is, yeah, but yeah. this guy cut as if you read it, dozens of man hours of paperwork and he's getting, he's getting high recognition. In fact, I found this on the front page of task and purpose. That's that's how Air Force this is. And to, to start it, not all heroes wear capes. But many have superpowers.
0: Huh. I feel like that's like a quote from uh, Incredibles, where Edna is just like, no capes, no capes. <laughs> OK, no because
1: no I, I do get it, Miss uh, Staff Sergeant Ryan Jett. I do get it. You did the automation thing. You brought it. You brought it and uh good on you and i hope you get a, a great review or what i, I don't know what the air evaluation
0: force does. he'll get promoted uh, he's gonna do well
1: yeah he got commendation for it yay air force but now go okay. out there
0: and train people go out and train create a create some sort of
1: i mean he's a, staff sergeant. To he's a staff sergeant he's not a colonel
0: well i need him <laughs> to find the colonels i need him to tell the colonels get off their bums and advocate and make some mentorship and training opportunities available to him to teach people how to do this. Yes. You should be the one teaching the class.
1: All right. So, with that, I, I'm almost afraid to ask do you have any uh, shout outs today?
0: No, I do not. You have any shout outs today? No, no shout outs.
1: Wow, you just, you just. Oh, uh, wait.
0: You... Yeah. I do have a shout out. I recently went to a, I've been trying to go to more uh, Virginia posts, and I had an opportunity to go to uh, Springfield Post 176 in Virginia, which was really exciting. They had a really nice uh, Cinco de Mayo event that I attended. I uh, had a great time, got to meet the commander, some of the other officers, some of the riders. Um, tried my luck at raffle tickets, no luck, but Did you hey, win? it was, a, no, you didn't no, win I it? never, I never win at those things, but it was great. Uh, it was a great time and a lot of amazing people in the community got to explore their like very advanced community, like center it really is like got a banquet hall. They've got a, a warrior cafe. They've got meeting space. They've got a, um, like a VA Atlas. Uh, space then they've got like their own kind of like bar they've got like an outdoor seating downstairs upstairs it was really impressive it was an impressive building all right so great community center great people and great food I will... oh, okay oh, well
1: i'm gonna do a quick shout out i mentioned liz hartman earlier uh her post is uh it's uh north carolina 539 i think it's new or or Cherry Point, more I think it's Cherry Point. Um, they put they put out a, a thing about what they do. I'm gonna I'm I, I'm actually gonna send it to Holly. Um, they have a whole thing about what they do, the things that they have done. And I mean, they are not a large post, and they, I mean, you know, they they they, they can they will find a veteran in in trouble, and they will they they took one and sponsored him, getting him off the street all the way to getting a job and getting his own apartment and they they basically adopted him and did that and i mean it this is too long i'm not going to read all the stuff that they do but this is an example of a small post doing their bit to serve the community and so i'm going to shout out uh whatever post i just said i think it's five three nine in north carolina and My friend Liz Hartman is the current commander of that, and she is also badassery. So that's my shout out for today. Um, And I think that's that's going to that's why don't you take us out?
0: All righty then. So don't forget to subscribe to Tango Alpha Lima podcast on YouTube, Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever you consume your podcasts. Please, uh, you know, leave us a review and give us a big old five star rating so the world knows how much you enjoy us and me particular, Jeff. Simmer. or if you want to, you know, let us know if you want to have a guest recommendation, you can go to legion.org backslash Tango Alpha Lima and click on the suggest a guest link.
1: That's outstanding. So I'm going to call you all out. Come on, Alphas. We need you to share this podcast with everyone not a couple of people that you know we want everyone that you know listening uh put you know what you know what put the youtube playlist on loop at your post that would be outstanding Uh, you could hear and see uh ashley wax on about something nerdy over and over and over again and she would just love that uh talk about others at your post in the community let's let's get viral with it let's no Is there a song we for said- that okay we're not gonna get by with it we gotta go i got work <laughs> to do i gotta share it myself uh i got emails to do about tango alpha lima so with that i'm going to declare season three episode one zero five mission complete